Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. I say this calls for action, and now, nip it in the bud. Well, what I do is uh, I look a woman up and down, and I say, Hey, how you doing? Hey there, once again, I hope you're doing well, everybody. This is Jim McCarrens back with another edition of The Good, The Bad, and The TV on the Believe Podcast Network, which is the number one podcast network for professionals. Hey, check us out on Believe.com website or subscribe to us on the platform of your choice. Now, let's believe in the good, the bad, and the TV. The year is 1949. When, despite what the premature headlines read, it's Truman, not Dewey, who's the new president. In 1949, the Volkswagen Beetle arrives in the United States. It's a sales flop, by the way. And the first iteration of Amtrak's California Zephyr is unveiled to speed passengers from Chicago to Oakland. This is the year of the first Emmy Awards, for excellence in television, and when both South Pacific and Death of a Salesman open up on and reshape Broadway. It's a banner year in New York City. In 1949, the Department of War is rechristened the Department of Defense. The Yankees win a 12th World Series. A Red Scare envelops a host of famous names that are accused of being communist or communist sympathizers, including... Helen Keller. And the city of Los Angeles gets its first recorded snowfall. Born in 1949, Christopher Durang, Linda Lovelace, Jessica Lange, Eddie Money, Lionel Richie, and Billy Joel, and a day apart in March, 70s Eye Candy, Eric Estrada, and Patrick Duffy. In 1949, TV is still in its electronic infancy, Barely a national business, let alone a medium of influence. But it's growing, market by market. And one market in particular this year makes its own history in the spring with live on-location news coverage before such a thing is a TV thing. It's of an unspeakably sad story that unfolds in the L.A. suburbs of San Marino about a three-year-old girl named Kathy Fiscus a primer from Time Magazine in its April 19th, 1949 issue. Quote, It was a bright, peaceful California afternoon in San Marino, and the children raced each other across the lot. Little Kathy Fiscus, three, her sister Barbara, nine, and her cousin Gus Lyon, five. Kathy fell behind. When the children looked back for her, she had vanished. Gus heard faint screams. Following the sound, he came to an open hole in a clump of weeds. The hole was only 14 inches across, and the pipe that lined it was rusted and corroded. Kathy had fallen into an abandoned and forgotten water well. End quote. Alice Fiscus would later tell a friend that she was watching her kids play from the house, and then suddenly, daughter Kathy was not there. It's a local accident news of which spread around the community and then around San Marino before moving on to radio and TV and then all over Los Angeles 
if not beyond. Time Magazine again. Around that narrow hall, a community rallied to the first radio call for help. Drills, derricks, bulldozers, and trucks were rushed to the lot from a dozen towns. Three giant cranes lumbered through Los Angeles behind police escort. Firemen ran a hose down the well, began pumping air by rotary pump. A little more than an hour after Kathy's fall, a power drill crew began to sink a shaft alongside the abandoned well. On the other side, big clamshell shovels clawed an open pit for exploration. Fifty floodlights were rushed from Hollywood Studios. Volunteer workers, engineers, sandhogs, retired miners, diggers, rushed to help. By midnight, the shaft was down 41 feet. By 4 a.m. Saturday, down 65 feet. Then the drilling stopped. The shaking of the drill might cave in the sandy California soil in the bigger pit. End quote. It's soon determined that Kathy is at least 90 feet down. Throughout the night, into the morning, reports are that cars by the hundreds converge on San Marino. With fewer and fewer places to park, some drivers leave their cars in random front yards, then follow a foot parade in the dark. Its destination, a spotlit field. Meanwhile, there are no signs of life from Kathy since right after the fall, when Mother Alice Fiscus stands atop and manages a brief back and forth with her crying daughter. The efforts continue throughout the day Saturday, during which notes the San Marino Tribune on the 70th anniversary of the incident in 2019, one of the tragedies enduring legacies is coming together at the scene. TV News' first live remote broadcast. Quote, the stations on scene training their signals toward crude satellite dishes high atop Mount Wilson, beaming to the 20,000 television sets that existed at the time in Southern California. End quote. On Saturday, notes LA's public TV station KCET in its own anniversary retrospective on its website. A tall, thin man with a microphone stood at the edge of the crowd of rescuers and faced a bulky television camera connected by thick cables to a van painted with the call letters KTLA. End quote. It's just two years since KTLA becomes the first commercially licensed TV station on the West Coast, still feeling its way across a new landscape. The man the station sends to the scene is Stan Chambers, just as new, in a book published years later that looks back on his long career. Chambers writes, quote, As efforts continued Saturday, one of television's brilliant pioneers, KTLA general manager Klaus Landsberg, made the decision to provide live coverage. All programming and commercials were canceled, and Bill Welch and I began our open-ended, uninterrupted reports from the scene that afternoon. KTLA's marathon 27-and-a-half-hour coverage of the rescue attempt was one of the turning points in television history. End quote. 
On scene, the story unfolds slowly but dramatically. Everyone, Chambers writes, kept hope alive of rescuing Kathy Fiscus. End quote. The strategizing and digging and monitoring continue. The floodlights come back on over the still silent well. Saturday night becomes Sunday. The still assembled crowd of spectators is hushed. But despair mingles with hope as time moves on. Still more digging throughout Sunday until finally, early on Sunday evening, 49 hours and 18 minutes after Kathy Fiscus is swallowed by the earth, her rescuers reach her and rescue becomes recovery. Three-year-old Kathy is dead. She likely has been since Friday's last cries. Her parents are told straight away, but the news is held from the public for about an hour while discussions are held about how best to proceed. Finally, the announcement is made to what reports suggest is a crowd of some 10,000 people. Now that they know, they're asked to vacate the area so that Kathy's body can be retrieved without spectacle. The cameras have been rolling, transmitting the story for more than 27 hours. It is a watershed moment in the introduction and the evolution of television in the burgeoning field of broadcast news. Writes Stan Chambers in that book, quote, Although Bill and I didn't know it then, Word that KTLA was telecasting the rescue effort swept through the city. Thousands turned their sets on and became involved in the drama unfolding before their eyes. End quote. Radio with images. That's how television is introduced just 10 years ago at the 1939 World's Fair. And now radio with images is telecasting the saddest of all sad images the death of and grief over a lost child. Up until then, notes Chambers, quote, television was a flickering new novelty and not taken seriously by many people. This telecast changed that view forever. People were irresistibly drawn to the tragic reality that was taking place on the screen of their living room set. It was a television experience they would remember a lifetime. End quote. And this from KCET. Quote, TV in 1949 didn't have much to compel viewers to watch beyond the novelty of having entertainment beamed into their living rooms. TV screens were mostly small, the definition of the image a bit rough, and the sets were expensive, the equivalent of $3,000 today. So television, although fitfully amusing, really wasn't essential. That is, until the evening of April 8th, 1949. What viewers saw changed what watching meant. End quote. Inside of just a few years, there will be 200,000 new TV sets in Los Angeles, mostly because of the Kathy Fiscus story. But it's more than a local TV news story. It's a story of grief felt, processed, shared, thanks to television. Kathy Fiscus is buried in Bonita, California, outside San Diego. The inscription on her marker reads, One little girl who united the world for a moment.
The tragedy of Kathy Fiscus becomes a cultural moment the country over. Soon after, a song about her and the ordeal is written and recorded by country singer Jimmy Osborne. It's called The Death of Little Kathy Fiscus. It's later covered by country music superstar Kitty Wells. And almost 40 years after it happens, Woody Allen pays homage to the Kathy Fiscus incident in his 1987 film Radio Days, a vignette-driven love letter to the medium and to how it connects otherwise unconnected lives. One brief sequence and revolves around the live radio coverage of the rescue of eight-year-old Polly Phelps of Stroudsburg, Pennsylvania, lodged in a well hole since falling while playing earlier in the day. In living rooms and kitchens and diners and bars all over, live stop in the film as the drama plays out to its own sad end. The fire department and local emergency squads have been on the job for many hours, but the difficulty seems to be that the well is quite narrow and the surrounding... No, wait, wait. It looks like he has something. He's tugging the rope. They're raising the rope very, very slowly. They seem to be close to a rescue. Police have her. Stand by. We're coming to you live. Don. 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 Oh, God, this is terrible, ladies and gentlemen. The child is not alive. Polly Phelps is dead. After all the efforts and prayers, the little girl is dead. This is tragic. Just tragic. Later in the year of Radio Day's release, 38 years after the death of Kathy Fiscus becomes a watershed moment in local newscasting, an incident identical to San Marino's plays out in Midland, Texas, where 18-month-old Jessica McClure falls into a narrow, uncapped water well, leading to a 56-hour ordeal on the ground and vigil on the air. Just as the Kathy Fiscus coverage marks the advent of televised live news, the rescue of the girl who quickly becomes known as everybody's baby puts a spotlight on the idea of 24-hour news. Six years after CNN begins as a near novelty, it becomes a national necessity in October of 1987. No more so than on the night of Friday, October 15th, when, already on the air and at the scene, since Wednesday, it leads the coverage that breaks into regularly scheduled programming on all networks, with live footage of baby Jessica being lifted from the hole, alive. You better believe. I'm Jim McCarrens. We'll interrupt your regularly scheduled programming again next week. They do not want anything to go wrong here because it's been an exhausting 58 hours and they want to make certain that when they bring her up that she is all right and there are no difficulties here. We're here she comes. There's clapping.
Live and direct from Midland, Texas, Jessica McClure is up. She's alive. What a fighter. Dan, we can barely see her from here, but they're holding her up. Uh, they're uh, just so excited uh, right around there. People are clapping. It's just a tremendous sense of excitement and relief here. Momentarily, they'll be making their way right toward us here as they prepare to take her to the hospital. She comes right getting ready to go to the hospital. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.